coming out of the headpiece. I thought you did, I didn't. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome to the show, everybody, today. Glad to have you with us. You're laughing. You can see the chat room. I can't see it, so... <laughs> Alabama folks. Oh, you're loving Alabama. Did something happen exciting with the Alabama folks today? Oh. <laughs> when they say roll tide, is that? <laughs> Lord have mercy, he says. <laughs> Look at my chair is too low. Look at that. Look, I can grow taller. See, God says not one man can add an inch to his stature. I just did. Welcome, everybody. We had a long weekend. I'm sorry if you were waiting for us on Friday, but poof, we lost power on Friday and we lost power for five hours. It was crazy. It went off at 515 and didn't come back. <laughs> uh, hey, hey, Nate, didn't come back. Yeah. It's not unusual to lose power, but it is unusual to have it gone for so long. That was that was a really, a really long time for us. Uh, but nonetheless, here we are. And the Supreme Court case that I promised to cover for you on Friday, we're going to do today. But it's grown. So just I don't know if you've been able to keep up with what the Supreme Court has done in the last couple of days. But it's just like, poof, mind blowing. I mean, I don't need Alina Kagan. There's a body snatching happening. Glad you all are here. Uh, yeah. No, nothing. Glad you're here. <laughs> Everybody who it SoCal is in the room. Uh, let's see. Hot mic. Oh, Richard Kramer, we were talking. <laughs> were we? Yeah, we were talking because I hit the wrong button. And instead of the two-minute lead-in with the, you know, trailer thing, I hit just the trailer thing. So it was only on for like a minute, and then it went back to the screen. And while you and I were talking about getting the sound set up, the speakers to work, they were actually hearing our conversation. So be careful what you say. Um, JC's mic is not working. Really? That's one, two. What, oh, there's more than one. Uh, more than one people say JC's mic is not working. Turn the screen away and I'll fix it. 
turn it away. You don't want them to see you put the power on. <laughs> Wait, everybody, you need to log in to libertyfirstuniversity.com and become a student with Ta-da. us. Ta-da. Ta-da. Oh, be careful. <clears throat> be careful slinging stones. All right. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, everybody. Once again, <laughs> JC is in the house. Now you can hear him. He was, by the way, grumbling about Alabama people in their Roll Tide stuff. So I just thought I'd throw that out there. So you They're guys spreading. Help them. Welcome back again. No, no nothing. Glad, oh, glad you're here. Glad everybody's here. This is great. This is great. Five by five, Richard. Yeah. Do you know what that means? Yeah, five I learned by that five? At University of Florida. Yeah. What does it means that mean? Loud and clear. Loud and clear. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that calm speak or something? I didn't. It's man talk. Oh, they didn't teach us that in the army. We learned lots of man talk in the army. We didn't learn that one. <laughs> Speaking five balls. You heard of that? Yeah. No, that's, no. That's one that would version. probably definitely be a man talk because guys like to use that word. Girls don't use that word very often, in the plural especially. I, um, I don't but... actually know where that comes from. <laughs> But that's yeah. The, Ru- the Russians say that. Do they? Yeah. How does it sound in Russian? Pyatbalov. So if like it's I guess five by five is their version. Oh. It's a navy, navy thing. Oh, it has to do with the bubbles and stuff, right? So if you've got all uh, the bubbles lined up, you're flat on. You're good. You're good to go, right? I yeah. I don't know. Have yeah. to look it up. Google it. Google it. Google it. All right. So. This past weekend, <laughs> this past weekend, JC and I taught our uh, educate, organize, and activate class mm-hmm. to the Florida Health Freedom, uh, <clears throat> Health Freedom Florida group, and it was a really great day. That is a presentation that's actually a four-hour workshop, and I haven't changed clothes since. And you, <laughs> yeah, he just has a lot. Well, nobody thinks that about men. Nobody thinks that about men because men have like closets full of white button down shirts. Now, if I wore the same shirt, everybody, every day, everybody'd be like, ah, oh, Chrisanne. But if a guy wears the same shirt every day, people don't pay any attention to that. You know, Sonny and I were just talking about that mm-hmm. when we were out shopping. We're like, this is ridiculous. Men can go into a sh- store and there's the exact shirt in 47 different patterns. And that's all you have to choose from. You don't choose the shirt. You choose the pattern. We go into a store. There's 300 racks with 300 shirts, and they're all different. They all fit different. All the sizes are different. All the colors are different. All the patterns are different. The moral of the story, women shouldn't be so picky. Oh, Mac is saying hello to everybody. Shut it. Mac. Hey, bro. Come on, man. We're on there. You know how it works. It's just Amazon or something amazon or ups or Anything fedex in a truck. hates them no he doesn't mind the the Box mailman truck. or the or the ga- the the trash truck but anyway yeah. so sunny and i both agree ladies out there we hate shopping hate shopping oh ladies look. hate shopping i no sunny and i hate shopping oh okay sunny and i are not normal ladies look at jody watched me on victory today that yeah. was fun good job that was fun. I love being on Victory. I'm going to be on Victory again uh, twice this week. JC and I will be on Victory uh, 
Thursday night hmm. on the uh, Flashpoint show at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then Friday morning, I believe, I'll be back on Victory News. You know, does if I'm on Victory News twice a week now. Does that make me an actual journalist? Do I get a blue check next to my name certain. on social media now because I'm actually on a news channel? Yeah. I didn't think journalists existed any longer, so you may as well be one. I think I'm the right kind of where, one. Where do people find Victory News, by the way? Victory where, News. Where can, where can folks see that? Yeah, so I actually have something for you. Let me let me get out of here and I'll show you. So Sonny puts all of this up. If you follow me on social media, whether it be Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn, mm -hmm. uh, Sonny posts every time I'm on Victory News. So you get to see something like this. And then she'll also post the YouTube channel. So you can see Victory News on uh, YouTube at the Victory Channel on YouTube. But guess what? They're also on uh, Comcast and cable television. They're on Roku. and No idea what channel um, number. I, no, because I it's different, I think, watch. in different districts. We don't have that stuff. We don't uh, have that. Yeah, but the, it's a, so a news program put on by a Christian ministry. Yeah. Do you know I had somebody come up to me this weekend when we were uh, when we were teaching here mm -hmm. at at this program and say she she came up and she told me and she said, Chrisanne, I had realized that for my mental health, I had to stop watching the news. Mm -hmm. She said, I found myself unwillingly and unwittingly becoming more and more addicted to watching. And she said, and all I watched was Fox, but I found myself getting sucked in and sucked in. And the more I got sucked in, the more depressed I felt, the more discouraged I felt, the more terrible I felt. And she said, so I found myself getting out of news altogether. And then I found victory news. She said, victory is awesome because it's journalism the way it should be. And it always gives an uplifting message that goes with it. So Jody says, victory channel on 365 on DirecTV and 265 on Dish. I feel like okay. the more you watch those mainstream, the corporate news, the less you know. Yeah, yeah. For one reason, this what I noticed with... Fox and some of those, Fox, CNN, et cetera, they, they just really have a handful of things that they repeat over and over again. They get you fixated mm -hmm. on the narrative of the day. And we found this when we went to Haiti that the, the time, and I think um, mm -hmm. all the Russia thing was that Russia hoax and all that stuff was happening. But we went to Haiti and we were away from the news for four months. Yeah. We came back. And they were saying the exact same thing. It was it was like we never missed anything. Four months straight, we had heard nothing. Nothing. And we return, and it's the same. Like news. you picked up where you never left off. The it's, exact it's same crazy. stuff. It's it's all just and it's mind numbing, and it's meant to depress you. It's meant to addict you. It's meant to depress you. It's meant to make you feel discouraged. Because if you're discouraged, then all you're going to do is sit around and watch them. You're not actually going to go out and do anything about it. And that's that's what our class, uh, Educate, Organize, Activate is all about. It's the it's, practical things that we need to do <clears throat> to get this done. Uh, Victory News Channel, through, would you say it's 
through the lens of Christianity. I mean, it's put on by a Christian ministry, yes. and there's certainly uh, there's certainly segments that yes are are undoubtedly Christian, but yes. I, I I don't know if it's I don't know if I would say everything is filtered through a Christian lens. Like there's no, no there's not a Christian spin on what's no, reported. No, no there's there no are Christian, Christian segments. There's Christian segments, and the broadcasters are Christian, um, and we talk about our faith openly. Uh, sometimes even in the midst of the news, but we don't deliver the news with a Christian bent. Yeah. Right. But, so, but yeah, you would I, probably, I don't know. Just, it's not, not like humanistic. It, it, it's news, not going to be, it's not going to be a mystery to that, yes. to you that it's Christian. Yes. Um, but it's not, but it doesn't change the, th we don't change the facts. Mm -hmm. Right. So the facts are as they are. The news is reported as it's as as it's reported. Yeah. And it's I'm going to tell you what you'll find more religion on Fox News through Republican religion <laughs> than you will find on Victory through Christian religion. Does that make sense? It does make sense. That's one thing I was thinking. There, it's very tribal. The Fox and those things are very tribal. Uh, I suspect any of it is a bit tribal. Uh, tribalistic as well yeah uh, i suppose victory would be in the sense of being put on by christian ministry right but i think less so than some of the others so i, I don't yeah. feel like there's christian spin on it but again it's not they're not and, gonna, they're not trying to hide that no that and and what i find really which we don't i mean we what, don't hide that we're christian but i don't oh, think no. we put a christian spin on no but we do we talk say. about our faith mm -hmm. when it's appropriate when it you know when it's relevant to the topic and that's the way i would say yeah. when it's relevant to the topic it's not like preaching every story yeah you know i mean you watch cnn you're gonna get preaching every story you watch fox you're gonna get preaching every story so that's why i say victory uh makes no apology makes no effort to hide who we are but we're just yeah it's not sermons they're not sermons and it's the news it's the news the way news should be you know seriously and what i enjoy about victory news and the people on victory news is that even though everybody's Christian, they're very liberty-minded. Sure. The news crew, the production crew, very liberty-minded. Yeah, I, that's some of the danger when, when you, um, I, I guess, come from the church world. The danger is always what I call the religious right, mm -hmm. uh, where it actually gets it, it, it gets more statist. Mm -hmm. because you get this sort of government theocracy mentality right. which which is abhorrent to liberty yeah yeah uh so right well and it gets statism and but yeah i think yeah. you're right it's different it's different kind of preaching fox news more preachy but it's it's republican orthodoxy or whatever yeah. really more like deep state right um and for for a time you know, Trump, Trump worship, you know, where they would veer off in making Trump practically a deity, that sort of stuff. Yeah, so it's pretty, pretty odd. JC, I got really mad at, at uh, Governor Greg Abbott yes, yesterday, yesterday, no, Friday. Yeah, it was Friday. Got really angry at Governor Greg Abbott 
And I want to talk about that today because it makes for a very good teaching moment. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just going to let anybody know out there, if you're a Greg Abbott fan and it sort of skews how you're able to receive information, you might want to put your hands over your ears because I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to show you a video where he's just wrong and uh -oh. it just makes me angry. But this is what brought up your post here on, oops, wrong screen. Your post here on Instagram uh, is what brought brought it back to my memory today. Mm -hmm. um, you posted this, was it four days ago? Yeah, from Kenny County Sheriff's Office. So uh, this is stuff I, I like to, when I come across, so the news I like, is local news from local yeah. from on the site sources. So whoever is there, right, uh, is best to report what's going on. And so I like if I come across something like this, I like to share it to help people stay informed, right, of of these informed points of view, right, exactly about what's happening on the ground. And so, um, if you're listening to the show, the story says. Uh, this was earlier in the evening. Illegal aliens in Del Rio, Texas, are now being released into our community, more than 250 today. This is Biden's America. This is this is from the Kinney County Sheriff's Office. Um, sadly, it doesn't look like it's going to get any better unless, well, well, we'll get right into that. But you see a picture of a, I guess this is like a gas station. Oh, it's a lube center, cars and stripes lube center. Mm -hmm. And it's like a whole busload of people were just Mul dropped off. Multiple busloads. Mus multiple. Yeah, well, 200 and more than 250. So the, the bus is pulled up, said, all right, get off here. And the people are just sitting there. Yeah. Just sitting there. So it's it's going back to, back to the days of just dumping where – Many illegals are just pouring over the border by the hundreds, and then they just get dumped in uh, various cities around mm -hmm. America. And this was this was in Texas, and then right. they'll be moved from there and dumped into uh, somewhere deeper in the interior in America. Yeah. So this is the video, JC. This is the video that I want to share of Greg Abbott. It's actually, oh, I might end up ticking off two segments at the same time. It's actually Greg Abbott being interviewed by Sean Hannity. Mm -hmm. And I want, I want, it's only a minute and 36 seconds. I want you to, to watch this. What did you share it all you? I did. All right. Um, I want you to watch this uh, and I'm going to get angry, but I also want you to show up how, Sean Hannity sets up Abbott to answer this question because Abbott is under a in under a great deal of heat by his state for his inactivity. Mm -hmm. And he keeps making excuses for it. Uh -huh. And Hannity sets up this soft pitch for him that is complete uh, that I guess maybe that's one of the things that ticked me off right away is that Hannity's like, I'm your best friend, Greg Abbott. This is what I, I'm going to give. I'm going to set this up so you can answer this question. So it looks like I'm asking you the question because I want to know, but I already know what your answer is. And I know you need to get it out there on the airwaves. You'll see what sure. I mean. So no, I'm like, how it works. Just, just irritated the snot out of me, but here it is. 
or where a disaster declaration was made for border counties because of the influx of people coming across the border. But I did because we're about to change the way that Texas addresses the challenges on the border. And we're going to start by helping these 34 counties respond by increasing arrests. We got a new game. In now, here's his plan. I'm going to tell the sheriffs that they can arrest people who are here illegally. Mm -hmm. Right. That's his plan. My question is, what the heck are these sheriffs going to do with them once they arrest them? Because that's only half a plan. Okay. Arresting people only half the plan. But here's the soft pitch. And this is what really made my head explode. In town in the state of Texas, it's going to begin next week. Hey, go and that Governor, is we're going to start. I, why can't you just say you're not allowed in and just protect yeah, the border I'll, I'll and be, say, go back? I'll be, I'll be very clear with you. Sean, and that is, you may remember this. I know you did interviews on this more than a decade ago when you talked to Jam Brewer. When Jam Brewer was governor of Arizona, Arizona passed laws that did exactly that, where they would send people back and they would not accept people. And the law that Arizona passed went all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court in a case called Arizona versus the United States, where the United States mm -hmm. Supreme Court said Arizona does not have that. You know the attorney general that I used to be. And so I follow the law and the law that I'm going to use will be legal. way. The law I'm going to use. I'm following the law. What law is that, JC? The law from the words of the mouth of the Supreme Court. This is not how your governor is supposed to work, people. Look, when you have something like this i'm just going to do it this way so it's easier to go back and forth for me when you have something like this happening more than 250 a, in one day in one place this is an invasion mm -hmm. this is an invasion and this is the responsibility of this man to stop it from happening yeah, so he's basically, he's let the Republic of Texas know yes. that he is really not the governor of Texas, no. but he is an extension of the federal government. He's, he's some sort of hireling of the federal government because mm -hmm. he has to, he has to bow to the Supreme Court. He has to get permission from the federal government yeah. to protect the people of Texas from invasion what janet brewer did was perfectly sound yes and she should have she and her state in arizona should have ignored the supreme court in the first place but i knew this is exactly because, what he should do absolutely it's what every governor should do here's the thing i actually spoke to abbott when he was attorney general so this is exactly who he was as attorney general. So it says, you remember the attorney general I was. And I'm like, yeah, I remember the attorney general you were. Federal supremacist. You are a federal a and judicial supremacist. You have, uh, a, you have a jellyfish spinal cord, is, is, which is non-existent, which means you have no integrity to do what it is that you are hired to do unless... Your federal masters tell you otherwise. Look, Texas, I know that Abbott is out the door, but this is a pathetic excuse. See, this is why I back up now and say, oh, I'm going to tell the sheriffs they can arrest people. No, sheriffs don't need your permission, governor, to arrest people.
Okay. They don't need your permission to arrest people. And by the way, JC, what are they arresting them for? If they are arresting them for a crime of being in the country illegally, then why can't they remedy that crime by sending them home? Why is it the arrest has to be the end? And what the heck are all these sheriffs going to do with all these arrests if Abbott's telling them that their federal master won't let them send them back across the border? This is no different than the detention zones. All Abbott wants to do is have his county people in uh, control the detention zones. And all these people keep coming and coming and coming. This is a, a, please, I'm just angry. So I don't know what kind of grace you want to give me, but this is a pathetic excuse for a governor. This is not a reflection of the strong nature of what Texas means, what Texas has always meant. And it's time for Abbott to go. I think he's made very clear here he doesn't believe in state sovereignty. No. Oh, he didn't believe in state sovereignty when he was the attorney general either. But we, We knew that. But I mean. He's made that clear once again. I mean, he's, he said, the Supreme Court said so, so we have to follow what the Supreme Court says. But it was that's the whole point of the argument. That was the whole point of the discussion, the whole point of the move uh, that Arizona made under Jan Brewer. Yes. That we delegated the authority for the federal government, our, uh, our representative, our creation, the state's creation, to... Uh, to do a job, the right. uniform code of naturalization and protect the borders, right? That's your job. When you're, when, when you don't do that, you're refusing to do that. So you now have a federal government. We said, this is your task. And they said, oh no, we're not going to do that. We're right. not going to do our job. So the states as the bosses of the federal government say, okay, if you're not doing it, then then we're going to do it until you get yourself in order. You can't just let it not be done because Here's the thing. Yeah, see, the, it's not this just, is the face of the man who is allowing your state to be violated and invaded. Is this not Texas's border? Yes. I mean, that's the thing. So it's Texas's the way border. That, the way that people discuss this. So this is a federal government's job. It's, it's the border of the United States, right? So if it's the country's border, it ceases to become Texas's border? Right. So he, in his capacity as the governor of that state, cannot protect that state's border, refuses to protect that state's border, refuses to say, no, you can't cross this border. I just don't understand how how that mentality works. So the it's it's well, it's the Joseph Story teaching of the Constitution that the federal government exists without the states. When in reality, the states created the federal government to do a job for them. And one of the jobs that they've asked them to do is, number one, to secure our borders from invasion. As a matter of fact, Article 4, Section 4 gives the federal government the job of securing us from invasion, especially when the governor requests it. Okay, so we've asked the federal government to do this, but it's a delegation of power. That's what the Constitution says. That's what the Tenth Amendment says. The powers not delegated to the federal government are reserved to the states. Well, when the states delegated power to the federal government, they didn't surrender power. They delegated, which is a temporary transfer or trust 
of authority or responsibility. And that's something we have to get. When the federal government is not doing the job that the federal that the states hired them to do, it's their responsibility to take it back and do it. This is this ticks me off. Hannity and Fox are complicit in this with this bottom third over Biden's out of control border neglect. No, I'm sorry. At this point, JC, after all these months, it is Greg Abbott's border neglect. Well, here's this is a, that's a good good point of the tribalism we talked about. So how this thing is framed as a Republican versus Democrat problem. Now we we realize that the Democrat Party uh, probably more overtly uh, supports the flood mm-hmm. of undocumented illegal uh, illegal aliens. Right. But at the same time, so the Republican Party doesn't come out and say it as a matter of their platform and, and, and how they express themselves. They do it in the shadows mm-hmm. because they want this flood for cheap labor. Right. The Democrats want and it to, to transform yeah. the electoral landscape. Right. So this is a bipartisan destruction of the country is bipartisan neglect uh, of our border. Uh-huh. And, and it has been for, for years. Right. Might, might I remind people, which is why this is not a party. Sh- this is not a party show, mm-hmm. uh, a tribal loyalty to the party show. I'll remind you, uh, where did most of the um, what do you call that amnesty? Where did most of the amnesty happen? In recent American history, it was from, from Ronald Reagan. Yeah, from the Reagan administration and from the, the Bush Republican administration. administration. Well, Reagan started this thing with millions and millions mm-hmm. amnesty to millions and millions and millions. So that's part of the game to get people in this Republican versus Democrat argument back and forth. Right. Therefore, they can they can continually blame one another. So that nothing ever gets done. And then you have they have their well-placed federal supremacist puppets all along the border in our border states that pretend to do something that complain and and have all the one liners and go on these these shows and, and act like they're champions of liberty. Boy, Hannity but in really fact, ticked they me do off, man. Very little. They just follow the script along, you know, that their masters give them. Can you hand me those glasses next to you? So this this particular topic to me, I think, is a huge area of the Democrat, Republican, the the bipartisan subterfuge that they use to pit people against people in in a tribalistic way so that people don't notice there isn't squat getting done to protect your border. But I was reminded of that a little off topic, but I was reminded of that as the John Durham investigation is uh, coming across the radar once again. Think think back to all the underhanded uh, ways that they went about the so-called Russia collusion investigation and not a single person, despite all the trumpeting and, and you know, hand-wringing and screaming about what all is going to happen and this is going to happen and who's going to be held accountable. You know who was held accountable? Held accountable? Nobody. 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 Nobody Which I'm pretty knows. sure we said very early on, yep. but uh, Q was out in full force and you weren't allowed to set to predict that nothing was going to happen. Guess what? Q's come and gone. 
and what we said before Q was ever on the scene is what happened. Nobody was held accountable. You know, JC, somebody said that in the chat room, and I don't remember it was. I'm not trying to not like give somebody a hat tip or anything, but somebody said that uh, Donald Trump has endorsed Abbott and that he'll remain governor. Well, I don't know if Donald Trump is going to be strong enough to keep Abbott in office because we spent a lot of time there. And I'm going to tell you, JC and I just spoke to a very prominent Republican in Texas who said Abbott is out. So uh, I, I don't know all the I, I don't know where Texas, the Texas electoral landscape stands at the moment. But if it's solely based on a Trump endorsement, uh, that's pretty flimsy. Some people yeah. are saying that kind of stuff to me in Florida about uh, other particular candidates. Well, he just get this person gets Trump endorsement. And I, several different candidates people have said that to me about. So mm -hmm. I, I don't, I don't know where that's coming from. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't believe that for a second. If if pe people seem to have the idea they can throw up any old candidate and mm -hmm. it doesn't matter who they are, what they've done, what kind of credentials they have, what their messaging is, what their campaign looks like, and as long as Trump endorses them, they're going to beat somebody else uh, that's this, that's crazy if, if that's what we're counting on and people are not hitting the pavement and doing the work that needs to be done to get people elected and you just think an endorsement by the former president is is going to get them through um that sounds like guaranteed losses here's me. here's one of the things that i notice uh especially because we do victory news and victory news is based in fort worth texas so on Victory, we cover a lot of Texas border stuff, a lot of border stuff. I mean, our, our, our um, I don't know what they call it. journalists go into the border, other border states and speak mm. to the sheriffs and stuff. This is a this border debacle is a really big issue in Texas. A really big issue. You don't get to see it on the news very much. It's not on Fox. They don't mention it. CNN has said they're not mentioning it. Uh, Kamala Harris has said the American people don't care about it, so it's not a really big issue for us. You know, that's their excuse. Nobody's really concerned about it. And to support the Harris-Biden administration's uh, assessment that the American people don't care about it, the corporate media doesn't cover it. And so I get a lot of this news that that other people don't get because I'm so closely involved with victory. And I'm going to tell you this. The inactivity of Abbott is huge in Texas. And, and the way he has waffled and the way he has done nothing yeah. is and it's not just the border guys. <laughs> It's there's a lot of issues going on in Texas where Abbott has been and has been a lame duck. And that's probably true. But the key to that is it has to be capitalized on. The campaigns mm -hmm. have to leverage that yeah. effectively. So just yeah. having that dissatisfaction doesn't guarantee an Abbott loss. What it says is there's a great opportunity to defeat Abbott. Yeah. Uh, but great the opportunity. ultimate result is going to be up to the campaigns. Right. Right. And so I, I just don't like hearing that stuff because, you know, I mean, I'm into campaign strategy and that right. sort of thing. And I just hate when I hear uh, talk like that, uh, that I mean, votes, voter contact, voter turnout. 
That's how you win elections. Voter contact, voter turnout. Everything drives toward those two things. And I I can't I can't think of off the top of my head um, a race, in, in fact, a victory that was based on an endorsement. Yeah. Uh, and we've seen countless, countless, countless candidates who ha- who operated under great dissatisfaction and controversy who ended up winning uh, because one campaign ran a better operation than the other campaign. Well, you know, so, I, so they have to put in the work. They here, have an yeah. opportunity, but you got to put in the work. Well, but here's what I would, my, my last message on this would be is look, I don't care who endorses him, Texas, you deserve better and you shouldn't let anybody's endorsement affect your ability to get a better governor than Abbott. I'm going to say it again. Cause I said it when he was first, ele- when he was first running for office, Abbott is not a Texas governor. Abbott may be a governor of New Mexico. He may be a governor of New York, but he is not a governor of Texas. Let him go somewhere else where he is not uh, representing a state whose entire constitution is built on the fact that the state is, is a sovereign government that can secede by constitution and not some hireling uh, colony of, of the federal government. Abbott is not your governor. But what's interesting, the next story I have for us, JC, is a very recent Supreme Court opinion. Uh, actually just came out um, I don't, very either today or yesterday. I can't remember which one it was, or today or Friday. But here's the thing. Oh, today. It came, it came, it was issued today, June 7th. Unanimously. Did you catch that? Nine zero. That's like the second time this term. Nine zero doesn't happen, people. And for the second time in this term, nine zero, the Supreme Court has said that if you've entered this country illegally, you are not eligible for a green card. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Because not only incredible because it's 9-0, it's even more incredible because Alina Kagan wrote the majority opinion. So they followed the federal law, they respected the Constitution, and they said no dream works. If you entered the country illegally, you are not eligible for a Green card, you're not eligible for permanent resident status. So the Supreme Court unanimously declared that dreamerism is unconstitutional. Is unlawful. It's unlawful. Unlawful because it's federal law. It's not constitution. The constitution delegates to the federal government the authority to make this law. They've made this law under um, under uh, article. I, I, I get this wrong. Anyway, under. Um, Section 2, 1255 and 8 U.S.C., uh, 8 U.F.C. 1255 and uh, 1101, which simply says, if you are in this country illegally, you are uh, you are not qualified to get a green card. The qualification is you must be have lawful entry of the alien into the United States after inspection and authorization by an immigration officer. Hmm. If you did not enter lawfully, 
then you cannot get permanent resident status. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. The Supreme Court has also said, and I don't have this opinion because it came out right before the show, has also said that uh, there is no more lifetime residency for people seeking asylum. So if you are seeking asylum in America, the Supreme Court says, because you're, you're fleeing persecution or war or something, your asylum is limited and you can be deported uh, and you will not be eligible for a green card then either. So, so no I'm, more indefinite stays for, according to the Supreme Court anyway. So I'm sure they, what do they call that? The, the narrow ruling or whatever. Yeah, it's so, exactly so what it's called, a narrow ruling. So I'm sure they're going to, they do a tap dance to, uh, to, to actually say the dreamerism is okay. But the, in this case, when it's, because they're specifically talking about lawful permanent resident status or green, yeah. green card. Yeah. So, so you can't get, this is crazy. This is yeah. the, this is the Jekyll and Hyde of it. You can't yeah. get a green card if you came in illegally, right. but you can become a citizen if you right. came in illegally. Well, that's, that question was not answered. Right. That's that what I'm, that's what I'm saying. They, the, the, the court can simultaneously say these two contradictory things. That's the kind of stuff I expect from the Supreme yeah. Court. Just utterly absurd. Yeah. So basically, we're not answering that question. Because what is today? Monday? Yeah. So Monday, you have to follow the law. Tuesday, you don't have to follow the law. Well, you know, JC, that brings up a really good federal court case that I wanted to talk about today. Um, this is, let me try to find this one up here. Uh, California's, and, and I'm use don't correct me. I'm reading this. Okay. California's assault weapon ban was overturned mm -hmm. by a district, a, a federal court judge in the Southern district of California. Roger Benitez. And, Mr. Roger Benitez writes an amazing, an amazing brief or an amazing opinion. And there are some things that I just want to read to you from this opinion. Okay. Um, he says, like the Swiss army knife, the popular AR-15 rifle is a perfect combination of home defense and homeland defense equipment. Good for both home and battle. The AR-15 is the kind of versatile gun that lies at the intersection of the kinds of firearms protected under District of Columbia v. Heller. Yet the, Cal the state of California makes it a crime to have an AR-15 type rifle. Therefore, this court declares the California statutes to be unconstitutional. Now, here's what he says. He says the Second Amendment elevates above all other interests the right of law-abiding, responsible citizens to use arms in defense of hearth and home. Now, this is all Heller, right? So Heller 
is the Supreme Court case that's, that uh, declared, District of Columbia v. Heller, that we have an individual right, that the Second Amendment does protect an individual right. But then they tried to say that it was, you know, in our houses, right? So whenever you hear this in house or hearth or home kind of thing, just realize this is the court, right? He says the Supreme Court clearly holds that the Second Amendment protects guns commonly owned by law-abiding citizens for lawful purposes. At the same time, quote, the Second Amendment confers an individual right to keep and bear arms to have some reasonable relationship to the preservation or efficacy uh, or efficiency of a well-regulated militia. So, this is what's crazy. He says, this case is not about extraordinary weapons lying at the outer limits of the Second Amendment protection. The banned, quote, assault weapons, end quote, are not bazookas, howitzers, or machine guns. Those arms are dangerous and solely useful for military purposes. Instead, the firearms deemed, quote, assault weapons, end quote, are fairly ordinary, popular, modern rifles and is an average case about an average guns used in average ways for average purposes. Mm-hmm. One is to be forgiven. This is this is awesome. He, this is what he says. One is to be forgiven, given if one is persuaded by news media and others that the nation is awash with murderous AR-15 rifles. The facts, however, do not support this hyperbole, and facts matter. The Federal Bureau of Investigation murder statistics do not track assault rifles, but they do show that killings by knife attack is far more common than murder by any kind of rifle. In California, he says, murder by knife occurs seven times more often than murder by rifle. For example, according to the FBI statistics for 2019, California saw 252 people murdered by knife, while only 34 people were killed with some type of rifle, not necessarily an AR-15. A Californian is three times more likely to be murdered by an attacker's bare hands, fists, or feet than by a rifle. And in 2018, the statistics were even more lopsided as California saw only 24 murders by some type of rifle. The same pattern can be observed across the nation. Mm -hmm. Very true. Now, here's the crazy thing. This is your, your judicial supremacy in high view. He starts talking about pre Heller, right? So California's, Assault Weapons Control Act, the one that bans these rifles, was enacted in 1989. And he says, let me find this. In 1989, most judicial thinking about the Second Amendment was incorrect. Prior to 2008, lower court opinions did did not acknowledge that the Second Amendment conferred an individual right to own firearms or that that right applied against the states. This court has concluded uh, that the Second Amendment is a right held by the states and does not protect the possession of weapons by a private citizen, which is a case called U.S. v. Hancock, right? So prior to, to Heller... The courts held that the Second Amendment was a right held by the states for the well-regulated militia and not uh, to protect 
the possession of a weapon of a private citizen. But when the Supreme Court comes along later with Heller decision in 2008, we now know that the Second Amendment supports individual right to keep and bear arms. <laughs> it's like a sci- it reminds me like a sci-fi plot where it's sort of this dystopian world and you've lost all prior knowledge and you have to sort of discover what the ancients believed and That actually is a is a Twilight Zone show. Yeah, no, but that's how it's like we we didn't know this. We didn't know that people had an individual right to keep and bear arms. And, and we until, still would not know it if the, the Supreme Court, Court told yeah, us, right? Discovered this, this knowledge. It's just, it's absolutely <laughs> nuts to me. This is why, this is precisely why Jefferson said that if the, if the Supreme Court were to be held to be the ultimate arbiter of the Constitution, it would be mere putty in their hands to be molded in whatever image they choose. And there's your proof. In 1980, in, 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 in 1989, the Constitution said, you don't have a right to keep and bear arms. Your state has a right. Which, by the way, the Second Amendment, can I just go ahead and repeat it for you? A well-regulated militia being necessary for the security of the free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. It literally says right of the people. The right of the people shall not, the not right be infringed. Of the state. Not the right. No, the product of the right of the people is the free state. Mm-hmm. Not the other way around. It's necessary to the free, free state, state that the right of the people not be infringed. Yes. I see that's not even it's grammar, this, dude. This is, right. It's School not even grammar. Some sort of court court doctrine or what i mean i don't even know how they come up with these things it's it's hooked on phonics i mean (laughs) come on right right but i was just like uh, it's one of those moments right where you read the court actually say and i'm thinking to myself is the judge actually understanding what he's actually writing here if he said it out loud would he realize how stupid that sounds that the document that was written in 1789 that has not changed one dot one tittle since 1789 now all of a sudden means something different because it meant something different in 1989 when the supreme court said you it's a state right not an individual right but then in 2008 it means something completely different it didn't change a word but now it means something different because five out of nine people said it does which by this reasoning, if the Supreme Court a couple years from now said completely the opposite, then Greg Abbott that, would be that collecting would be your the guns. New truth. Yeah, exactly. And, and <laughs> that, governors like Abbott would be collecting your guns. And that is the essence of judicial supremacy. Now, but there's really great arguments in here. So he's talking about how the government says we have to do this, right? We have to have these. We have to have these arms, and they talk about. Um, all of the crimes that are committed by uh, by rifles, right? And the and this judge says, and you, what's his name again? You Benitez. Benitez. Roger Benitez. Roger Benitez says, if use by criminals could justify a weapons ban, it would amount to something like a disfavored heckler's veto. 
Isn't that a brilliant yeah, analogy? That's Yeah, great point. He says we might call it the criminal's veto. Just as a heckler's veto wrongly punishes persons who speak their ideas, California's ban punishes persons who choose rifles for home defense. In other words, if modern rifles are misused in a crime, or even disproportionately, government must deal with those wrongful acts directly. It may not deal with the problem by suppressing the rights of law-abiding citizens to have rifles for lawful use. Right. I thought that was, I mean, First Amendment, those of you who are First Amendment nerds like I am, you practicing, you know what a heckler's veto is. And I just thought that was an amazing, amazing analogy. Yeah. To, so to stop the criminal, you punish the non-criminal yeah, or you exactly. punish all non-criminals. Yeah. To stop then the, he goes on. He goes on about stealing of the language and the misuse of these terms uh, uh, like massacre redefining what massacre is to make things sound worse and uh, citing expert professors when they're really just engaging in uh, confirmation bias. I mean, this guy, uh, other than the fact that he's definitely, definitely a judge, a judge, <laughs> Definitely corrupted by judicial supremacy, he can he he shows great potential to have the ability to actually think, right? No, so he makes good arguments, but I think he's he's framing the argument in the way that that the system that he's in, in yeah. the way it receives it. You know right. what I mean? So they're all about you have to prove this, you have to prove your opinion through starry decisis, right. which is. There is no such thing, really. It's nonsense because stare decisis implies that there's some precedent that, you know, led you to this conclusion, right. which is not true the way that they carry it out. They go and pick certain things because you can go throughout the entire history of court opinions and you're going to find this Jekyll and Hyde all over the place. Yeah. So there's no such thing as stare decisis. You have to selectively grab your examples and build, you know, the point out of precedent, which is why you know, these opinions based on precedent really are garbage because you have to conclude then, as I said, you can go later and then change it when you have enough opinions that build an, another new alleged precedent. So it has to be built upon uh, the framework, the founding documents mm -hmm. and the original intent and meaning uh, of those documents at the time they were ratified. And if you don't like what that meaning that they hold out of uh, the intent when they were written. That's why there is an amendment process. Right. And we as a people can decide to change that. But as long as they are what they are, then if we're going to maintain the rule of law and right. not be an absolute lawless nation, a lawless government, lawless people, then we have to we have to follow them. Right. And and so the other the only other conclusion is to reject the rule of law to say that, well, there is there is no order. There is no system. There is no framework. You know, you just do whatever hurt anybody. Uh, let chips fall where they may. So we're just wild, wild west. Um, so, you know, that's the he makes great arguments. But he does. I, I think I like when I hear somebody like Gorsuch you know, rest his arguments on the principles that flowed from the original meaning 
uh, intended in the documents. Yeah. Is a lot more solid argument to me, though, though the arguments about the factual material that he gives the yeah. statistics and guns. What what struck me as funny is then listening to the media report on this and, and how they refer to clearly an advocate for liberty mm -hmm. uh, as a gun advocate. Yeah. A gun advocate. Yeah. Really? Which gun is he advocating? Right. Because I didn't find him advocating any particular gun. He was advocating liberty and the principles of liberty that make. Uh, the ban on this particular kind of gun uh, wrong, mm -hmm. but they have to pigeonhole into these sort of, you know, make it about the gun. Yeah. This is, that's all messaging. Oh, I know. Right. Totally. Um, I was trying to find messaging this. and manipulation. So the next, the last thing that I want to talk about was what I uh, told you guys that I would read through the case uh for friday but we weren't here on friday because we had no power and if you remember this case this is the case where the georgia police sergeant nathan van buren used his patrol car computer to access law enforcement database to retrieve information about a license plate in exchange for money and so uh the Supreme Court said that that he did not violate uh, the federal law that he was charged with, which is the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act of 1986. And this was a case that was six to three where Gorsuch and um, what's the new girl's name? I always forget. Amy Coney Barrett. Mm -hmm. said that he did not violate the law. Uh, what's what I what I figured out because I said there's something missing here. I've, I've got to read this to see what this is about. And it really is not a simple case, but I can tell you simply what it's about. Basically, what happened here and the majority is saying is you charged Van Buren with burglary are you you no you charged van van buren with stealing no wrong backwards you charged him with trespass he's actually guilty of stealing so the criminal the computer fraud and abuse act of 1986 is a trespass you're not allowed to trespass here he had permission to be there he just stole things while he was there so that's the that's the problem. They charged him with trespass when he actually was stealing. And so that's the bottom line. And I think I can help by simply giving you the analogy of the dissent and showing you how <clears throat> how the dissent is wrong, because the court doesn't argue that he did something wrong. But it, the problem is it's not covered by this case. So Thomas writes. Um, yeah, he says a valet, for example, may take possession of a person's car to park it, but he cannot take it for a joyride. Okay. So he's, he, if a valet parks a car, then he, but then takes it for a joyride, he's actually stealing the car. But if while he's in the car, he's listening to the radio or moving the seat forward and backwards, then he's okay. 
But if he gets in the car without permission, now it's trespass. And that's what's happened here. So the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act is about not allowing to be in certain places within the computer. He had permission to be well, in those places. You say using it for wrong purposes. I mean, he has access to the computer yeah. overall, mm -hmm. but you can't use it to sell people's information. Right. He was right, which That's is not crazy. covered under this act. Gotcha. This act does not cover that. But you want to know what's really in is it, this is similar to the thing with where the, the police stole someone's no, money didn't no. get it back and they say well it's no. not part of the law no no so no no that's nothing not like this that's nothing like this because <laughs> I'm, I'm not following because they here. could have charged him they said they could have charged him with embezzlement they mm -hmm. could have charged him with other crimes mm -hmm. they didn't charge him with this crime they charged him with mm -hmm. the wrong crime uh, okay so i see what's going on here this happens all the time this so this is how this is so this is so Wait. typical. I didn't read this. So they're charging they charge him with this crime and then he's not guilty for that right. particular crime because it didn't match. Yes. It didn't apply. Right. So this happens all the time. This is a technique with officers who abuse their position, they'll be charged by the prosecutors with a crime that can't stick. No, because it this doesn't is, okay, it, but it doesn't this is even fit worse. well enough. Right. This is even worse. So this is just technique. This okay, is, but this is even worse, JC. You don't. Need, you, the big is picture is this. Me off. Guess who's involved in this? Who? This is an FBI sting. These charges were brought by the FBI. the The only reason this man, this officer, was in this person's computer was because the FBI arranged for him to be pulled into this sting with this other guy. What is going so on? So the FBI invented all of this. This is like the 17 terrorists that they allegedly caught. Yes. That were actually not terrorists. There was some <clears throat> gimmick that yeah. the FBI created. And, and yeah, so this is exactly the gimmick. The 90% of them so were they mentally have, impaired. They people. have the FBI is watching. Okay, the FBI, remember this involves some guy who the 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 chief of the police and everybody in government says stay away from this guy right stay away from this criminal he's he's a bad guy but van buren takes in and becomes thinks he's friends with him hmm. right and so much so that he asks him for some money as a friend well here's what happens van the the, the guy who's nefarious who's actually the criminal who is under FBI surveillance for his criminal activity. The FBI go to the nefarious criminal and they say, hey, let's see how far this officer will go for money that, you, uh, that he's asking for you. Why don't you tell him that you'll do this if you'll give him this license plate? The nefarious guy didn't even want the license plate number. This was all an invention by the FBI. Instigated by the FBI. It was instigated by the FBI. It is borderline entrapment because the whole situation does not even exist without the FBI creating. It's a whole reality created by the FBI. And the FBI says... If you can get him to give you the license plate, then he'll be guilty of the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act. 
So they invented a circumstance to make this guy involve himself in a crime, and then they picked the wrong crime. They tried to get this officer. I, when they were actually, I mean, it's stuff. like these guys have nothing better to do with their time at the FBI than to sit around and invent crimes and, and come after people. Yeah, but this is where, and again, you know me, I'm not a conspiracy guy, but this is where I have to, I start scratching my head because it seems pretty straightforward. You know, the guy, well, it would it would be straightforward if 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 the FBI weren't involved. So if he just yeah. did this on his own, then you would say, okay, it's clear Fourth Amendment violation. This guy is totally misusing um, what he has these tools for. This is you know wrong. We charge him with whatever charge he's with, supposed to be charged. Right, with. charge him with the proper. You got the crime. FBI that's that fabricates it in the first place, mm -hmm. draws a guy in, and then he's charged with a crime that is off the mark not even covered by the particular law that they're trying right. to charge him under so that ultimately goes to the Supreme court. And, and what do we end up with is something that muddies our perspective on our fourth amendment rights. Yep. I mean, it, yep. like what is the ultimate target here? A bad cop or the people's fourth amendment? No, that's exactly right. That's how this strikes me. And when, and when the FBI, the FBI is a character in the story, which has become so corrupt, right? Which, you know, most of them, most of the, agencies like that were corrupt from the very foundation uh but they've had a handful of good people along the mm -hmm. way now it's like that's not even the case it is so corrupt beyond belief it seems like a tool of more nefarious people than the here's, alleged nefarious and you're guy absolutely who's involved in this you're absolutely on point because here's the thing jc if the decision had come the way the fbi wanted it to come mm -hmm. practically and, and this is what the Supreme Court, the majority opinion says. Practically every person in America would commit a crime every day they worked on their computer at work. Every time you're at work and you send a personal email, mm. you are now committing a crime, a so, cyber crime punished by federal law. So, perhaps, so if they had gotten, if the FBI had gotten their way, then they could have gone after anybody at any time, at any given moment, because every, and this is what the Supreme Court said in the majority opinion, every person in America would violate this law five times a day. So perhaps this could have been the lackeys at the FBI trolling for the Department of Homeland Security to expand their yep. surveillance state mm -hmm. and their reach over people's private information. Right. So... When the Supreme Court here, Gorsuch and and Barrett look like they're protecting a police officer, they're not. They're actually protecting the integrity of our rights from over extensive abuse of federal uh, law, the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act, by making this so broad of a of a of a net that they could catch anybody. And it's actually Alito and Thomas whose decision would expand police powers. Mm -hmm. So what you're going to have now is a bunch of conservatives walking around talking about how, or maybe, maybe not even conservatives. Uh, I, I don't know who would be angry that Van Buren got away with this. 
the defund the police people or whatever, angry that a police officer got away with this. They're going to be angry about this when in reality, the six Supreme Court justices in this case actually protected their daily lives from overreaching over broad nets of criminal prosecution well, by the federal government. It's interesting that you say it that way, because all the reporting that I saw, there was no indication of the FBI's involvement. Oh, yeah. How no. it's reported. You. You this don't is, get that part of the story. I know. You have to read it. It's totally it got a, to this point. No, no, it's totally a but for. But for the FBI, this case would this situation wouldn't, wouldn't even exist. They wrote the FBI wrote the script. I tell you, that organization is they designed it. Toxic. Toxic. FBI. Unbelievable. So there you have three federal court cases through crazy ways actually securing the rights of the people in one term. I don't even know when I can count when something like that has happened. Yeah. And well, once again, the, even inadvertently, Thomas this, is supporting police powers. This, but this, uh, this explains the my initial head scratch when i saw this and i'm reading all this stuff mm -hmm. and i and i thought to myself what what could they be saying and why are they talking about this case in that way why is a local police officer being prosecuted under some federal law like what does mm -hmm. this have to do with this guy on the state or local level accessing a computer and this is a federal court case so that was the first thing i was like wait a minute what does this have to do with the federal level so I had no idea how the whole thing started with yep. the FBI. And if they'd have handled it at the local level, number one, he would have been fired for the for violating policy because even the the unions couldn't have protected him from that because he violated the, the policy that written and he agreed to. He could have handled this at the state and local level via state crimes. And he would have actually been prosecuted for something. Well, but they tried to they tried to tangle this weave and create this web in order to expand their power, like RICO laws, right? So they're trying to put turn this computer fraud and abuse act into a RICO statute, which allows them to go after any person at any given time if they want an excuse to arrest somebody. So another rogue, corrupt federal minions. Yep. Eating out our substance. Yeah, exactly. Right, Nate. Nate Bama's paying attention. <sighs> Nate's Nate's reminding somebody in the chat room that the CIA isn't even a government entity. It is an independent agency. It is not an agency that is covered or, or or governed by any of the of the executive agency, the legislative or the executive, legislative or judicial branch. It is classified as an independent agency. All right. Well, all right. We shall continue this discussion later. Yeah. Thank you guys for joining us and we will see you tomorrow.